So this morning I want to teach um, uh, for a few minutes on Metron and discovering your sphere of influence. That'll be on page one. I've got some notes. I'll, I'll try to move kind of quick here. So, so Metron, kind of a, a word that we don't necessarily use. It's a, a Greek word. Paul uses it uh, in the New Testament. Usually Metron speaks of the measure of your gift, the measure of your faith, and the measure of your rule. And we talk about gift and faith a lot, but today we want to talk about the measure of your rule. And I want to, that word there in the Greek is canon or kanonos, which means sphere or field. And uh, we want to read 2 Corinthians 10, 13 through 16. Paul's talking, and he says, but we will not boast beyond our measure. That word measure is metron. And basically, Paul tells us all that we all have a measure. We have a measure of faith. We have a measure of gifting, and we have a measure of rule, measure of authority. So we will not boast beyond our measure, but within the measure of the domain, that's that word, canonos or canon, within the measure of the domain, which God assigned to us as a measure to even reach as far as you. So your God-given talents, gifts, and abilities can work anywhere and everywhere. Okay, so your gifts and abilities that God's given you can work anywhere and everywhere. Would you agree with that? But there is somewhere that your gift works better than others. And, and you'll notice this. Like, um, you'll get called into something uh, where it's like a situation, and you feel a little overwhelmed, right? And it kind of freaks you out a little bit, but, like, you can... You can navigate with the Holy Spirit, and you'll, you'll have an answer, a solution. But it felt like a stretch for you, right? But there are other times where you're in a situation, and you don't have that awkwardness about it. That would be probably your metron, your, your sphere of influence. It's, it's the place where God's grace is moving and flowing through your life. That's where, the place where favor, it just happens, right? And so... Your, your gifts, talents, and abilities will work anywhere and everywhere, but there's somewhere that your gift works better than others. And so it's that place that God has grace on it. So it's the measure of your rule or your metron of rule. And we're going to look at some of those metrons or spheres of influence today and, and help you kind of discover those. I would say some of you kind of have an idea. Some of you aren't sure. Some of you feel like it's all of them. And we're going to see if we can help navigate and narrow that down. So continuing on in verse 14, he says, For we are not overextending ourselves as, as if we did not reach to you, for we were the first to come even as far as you in the gospel of Christ. Notice here Paul says that we are not overextending ourselves. He's talking about like we, we stayed within our, our lane, our sphere. And Lance Walnow has this quote. He says, Your weakness is not what you're good at. Your greatest weakness is your strength overextended. Your weakness is not what you're good at. Your greatest weakness is your strength overextended. And so we can do that all the time where, you know, we know what we're good at. We know our strength. And so we just kind of go and go and go. But sometimes we're, we're moving outside the, the boundaries and borders of really what God's called us to. And it becomes a distraction. And so it's our strength used in the wrong place. Continuing on in verse 15, it says, Not boasting beyond our measure, metron, that is, in other people's labors, but with the hope that as your faith grows, we will be within our domain 
enlarged even more by you, so as to preach the gospel even to the regions beyond you and not to boast in what has been accomplished in the domain of another. So he's not talking about being territorial. He's not talking about like a territorial spirit. That would be like religion, right? Right? Where it's like, oh, that's, you're messing in my, my territory. But he's talking about stewardship instead of ownership. He's talking about he is, they've stewarded these people. They have, the, it's like you're my people and we have, we have built with you. Like we've invested and sowed in you. And we're not boasting about what we've done. We're not boasting in anybody else's work either. But what our hope is, is by us staying with you, you being our measure, our metron, our domain, that hopefully as we invest in you, you guys actually go out and you increase the territory. And that is this picture of rule, this canonos, domain, rule, sphere, influence. And so it's, un, it's about understanding the territory, the rule, the influence, the authority God has given you for your gift to function in. So when we talk about this, it's a defined boundary or fixed space within the limits of one's power of influence. It's the, the province of an assigned one. It's one's sphere of activity. So if we were to look at this room as a bunch of spheres, they would overlap, right? But because we're all together, because we're connected we would cover a much larger space, right? Much larger territory. And that's, I think, a picture of kingdom in the body of Christ. We're not worried about territory. We understand stewardship, not ownership. And so this word metron is a measure. It's an instrument for measuring. It is the determined extent. It is your portion. And it also means the limit or boundaries, So every one of us has a measure of rule, a measure of authority, a sphere of influence. But even in that, it has limits. And so it's good to know those. So what this is talking about is the metron of your canon, the measure of your rule, or your sphere of influence. That's a a box right there. You got it? And it speaks to where your gift operates with these four things, authority, favor, influence, and opportunity. Your gift operates with these four things, authority, favor, influence, and opportunity. And so one of the goals that we have is to help every person fully functioning in your gift but to see you operate in the sphere and in the measure of your gift and the authority God has given you. So again, you can be effective anywhere and everywhere, but you're going to be much more effective, much more effective if we understand that part. And so when we talk about defining spheres of influence, spheres, that's a a hard word to say, right? (laughs) Just sounds wrong. But there's two types of measurement. The first one is demographic And that speaks of a certain age group, cultural subgroup, ethnic group, even an individual, right? It's people. And then the second one is geographic, which is related to specific earthly boundaries or geographical borders, a specific territory. So demographic is about a people, a kind of people, age group, subgroup. Geographic is about territorial boundaries. And so we have some... Scriptures that give us examples. One is Paul's demographic call. In 1 Corinthians 9.2, it says, 
I may not be an apostle to others, surely I am to you. So Paul understood like his call uh, was with specific groups. In Romans eleven thirteen, he says, I'm talking to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles. So he understood this was a demographic metron for him. Paul's primary burden was for Israel, but it wasn't his metron. Like he had a heart and a burden for the Jewish people, and yet God said, no, I want you to go to the Gentiles. And so you can have a burden for people in places that you don't have a metron or grace for. You can actually have a burden for people that that's actually not what he's calling you to. And so it could be amazing, but it could end up being a distraction. So again, we're just trying to find like where his, his juice, his favor is on. And so every time Paul worked among the Jews, he found trouble. Seriously, when, when Paul would work with the Jews, that's typically where he found his trouble. Uh, you know, they made attempts to kill him, uh, to beat him. They stoned him to death. Like, so, hey, <laughs> I don't know, after the first time or two, like, Maybe something's wrong here, right? But, uh, but when he worked among the Gentiles, he had incredible success, favor, and authority. So again, it's him staying in his lane a little bit. And so remember, he was commissioned as an apostle to the Gentiles. So it was actually the, the ones around him. You know, He received a call, but it was the ones around him that recognized the call in his life and sent him. 2 Corinthians 10, 13. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us a sphere that also includes you. So a field, a fixed geographical uh, territory. In 2 Corinthians 10, 14, 16, again, I know we read it, it says, we are not going too far in our boasting as would be the case if we had not come to you, for we did get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in regions beyond you. So it's an understanding that God's measure, the rule of our authority, gifting and grace, understanding that convergence of those. And so again, our gift can work anywhere, but it works more powerfully somewhere and with someone. And so if you focus your, your efforts and your strengths around where God's called you, um, you're gonna see your greatest uh, success provision, breakthrough, but it's also where you're going to find your greatest battles. It's also where you're going to find your greatest battles. Every promised land has walled cities and giants, right? It just does. And so everybody wants a testimony without a test. But there's no testimony without a test. There's no victories without battles. There's no breakthrough without a wall of resistance. And there's no victory without a battle. So it's not that we're focused on the battle. And, and I hear believers sometimes saying, well, you know, if, if, if the devil's fighting, you know you're right. And well, you know, I, you know, hey, listen, let's not give him too much credit here. And let's not just constantly be watching out for what the devil's doing. Like, devil's not our focus, Right? He's just a little distracting, puny imp, right? We just keep our eyes focused on the one. He tells us what to do. He gives us favor. And you know what? Yeah, we have resistance. But you know what we do? We put our head down. The picture I get is like when when we get like blizzard conditions or that driving rain, 
I just, you know, I just get that look, you know. It's like you got to do it, right? We just like put my head down into the wind and like just go, right? And sometimes that's what it is. You know, we put our head down and we just keep going. And so when we come up against a wall of resistance, we understand that it is prophesying that I'm about to have a breakthrough. It's actually prophesying your breakthrough. It's prophesying your victory because God has put you in this position to have victory and breakthrough. And so our attitude toward conflict, confrontation, trials, and problems changes because I understand that I am in my metron. Our attitude towards conflict, confrontation, trials, and problems changes because I understand that I'm in my metron. And so we don't complain about our city. This this needs to be a shift in our thinking whether we're talking about leaders, our city, our school, like, and trust me, I get it. Like, this is a struggle because sometimes we see it and there's this reaction, right? But, but if we don't change the internal reaction, we're not going to be able to change anything on the external. So something has to change inside first for us to have an impact, a positive impact on the outside. So we don't complain about our city. It's dark, it's cold, it's hard, it's depressing, right? Now, it... It's not us being unaware. Like, we can go into a place and be aware, like, hmm, there's something here. Like, there's, there's, there's spiritual things happening, right? And not the good kind sometimes. So we can be aware of that, but that doesn't become my focus. That doesn't become the thing that my eyes go to, the thing I begin talking about. That doesn't change my heart. We get God's picture, like, what, what are you doing in this place? What is this place called to be? When I get that, then we can change. So... Um, our, our basic goal here is to change the atmosphere and to transform it. Change the atmosphere and transform it. So it doesn't matter what the atmosphere was, we're there, and because we're there, we can have an impact and influence. So I'll give you an example. Um, I've told you this before, like all of our uh, government for Delaware County and I know like we reach beyond Delaware County, but all of our county government meets in this building every two months. What, a, what an incredible opportunity to serve. And so we've made connections with government leaders. Um, we encourage them. So one of the things that I'll do, um, I act like the janitor or the sound guy, and now I have some other help doing it too. But we've done this for probably eight years now. And I just sit in the back, I serve them, but I get to pray over them that entire meeting. And I'm asking the Lord, like, show me, like, show me the factions in the room, like, and begin to speak to that, begin to pray and speak unity and to speak peace and to speak wisdom and favor. And it's like, God, would you bless our county? And, and like, I feel like we're already in a blessed county. Like, if we're honest, like, drive around, like, this is a blessed county. But there's no limit. It's endless. So, God, continue blessing and prospering us so that we can bless and prosper others. Would you give our, our leaders, like, wisdom on how to rule? Would you, would you, like, unite their heart together? You know, and so you begin to change things just from that place of prayer. You might be in this room and go, I don't know even why I'm here, or, you know, I, I don't know that I'm going to go lead something. You know, you can actually lead from your knees. Actually, everything we do, and that's why these collabs, it's not us just getting together and, like, oh, let's get out there and... Fight the battle. Listen, part of this is we're fighting the battle because we understand it's not people that we are fighting against, but it's 
spiritual forces, principalities, right? So we, we have our focus on the right thing. Um, but you have the opportunity to change the atmosphere and transform things. And one of the things I've done, too, is to be an encouragement. So there, there are moments when we need to speak truth, right? But if all I am is, it, is my truth comes out as just anger, or if it seems like all I'm known for is what I'm against, will never be heard. So we have to be wise and skillful. Jesus increased with favor uh, with man and God, right? And so we can too. But part of it is being wise. We know when to say things, when to keep our mouth shut. And there's sometimes where, and we do this with prophetic words, it's like the Lord may show you something going on in somebody's life. He's not wanting you to blab it out. He's wanting you to re-engineer it and speak life and hope over that to actually draw them out of it because that's not who they are. It's the same thing. So uh, one of the things I'll do, especially like with our county commissioners, thank you, Sarah. Sarah works for the county commissioners. And, but is to encourage them. So every time I see them, I, I tell them, thank you so much for the way that you guys lead and serve. We've had previous county commissioners that, uh, all they did was fight against each other, and they fought in public. They fought in the newspaper. They, you know, talked about each other. And, and I'm sure they have disagreements and some very strong personalities, right? We can't go into that. But in terms of at least publicly, the way they handle themselves is they demonstrate publicly honor, and, and they, they can disagree but still work together. So just encouraging that kind of behavior. So, again, we have the opportunity to change the atmosphere and to transform it. And so um, Paul says, I'm, I'm not here to boast. I'm within the boundaries of my metron, my sphere of influence, my assignment. And um, he says, I hope it expands among you so that we can reach other areas and people. That's the goal, is that what we do continues to expand so we can have influence beyond uh, when we look at demographic metrons, it could be to one person. Remember, Nathan and Gad were prophets to King David. It could be to a people group. It could be to the Jews or the Gentiles, like we see in, in the book of Acts. It could be to the church, or it could be to the marketplace. Uh, it could be to one of the mountains. Has anybody heard of the seven mountains? Okay, so seven mountains, and I know some, you know, some people... Um, you know, the people that are hashtag heresy that are just kind of looking to pick fault in the church will go, well, I don't see that in the Bible anywhere. Whatever. Like, maybe it's just a, a picture and a strategy that God gave somebody, right? It just helps us, like, to be able to see the, the earth a little differently. Now, I would, I would make one adjustment to this. You may challenge me on it, but, but here's my thinking. Instead of seven mountains, because they always include the church or religion as a seventh mountain, I would propose that the church is not one of the mountains. I believe the church is supposed to serve the other mountains. Right? So the church is supposed to be the one that's influencing. Now, the problem we have is like not all the church is healthy. Not all the church is operating in kingdom. So if we can get the church healthy and operating, functioning, the body of Christ moving and mobilized, you know, think about the effect. Part of the issue that I think that the earth is sick right now, both the, the physical planet and the people and the nations, I believe, is because the church went to sleep. The church went to sleep on the job. They went back inside their building. They closed the doors. 
I think it's because we started talking about the gospel of salvation instead of the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. So salvation is just the entry point. It's the beginning. It's not the end. It's not even the, the highest and greatest, if I can say that. Like, it is the beginning where we start a relationship where he becomes Lord of our life. And then because of that, there must be fruit. We can't say we have faith if there's no action. Right? We're not going to move mountains if, if we don't have faith. So it, it, it's the beginning. And so we want to see that. So if we talk about one of the, the mountains, so government, arts and entertainment, media, education, family, or business. And, and I'm sure, like, we could, we could probably find more mountains, like, right? But it's, it's just to keep it in, in smaller numbers, I think. But um, so there's different metrons. But our grace works better. Our authority, our gift works better when we are lined. Uh, the second one was geographic metrons. It could be a specific country. We look at some examples in the Bible. Ezekiel was sent as a prophet to Israel. Uh, Ezekiel 2.3 says, Son of man, I'm sending you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. Ezekiel probably went, seriously? <laughs> I have to go, no. Jeremiah was a prophet to the nations. Uh, Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And that's the beautiful thing. God knew you before you were ever born when he formed you in the womb and has a call and a destiny and purpose on your life. And just, just remember, like, life is seasons. You know, I, I think people get stuck because it feels like the season's forever. But, but I'm telling you, when the right moment happens, there's an acceleration. Like, sometimes we can look at our life and go, man, it's, you know, 50 years have gone by, 60 years, 70 years have gone by, and I feel like I still... Well, God's been using you up to that point, whether you recognize it or not, but he's also been building you, right? And who knows? I mean, Jesus, his ministry boiled down to three and a half years, and look what he did in three and a half years. Like, he changed the world. Amen. Look at a room like this. We can change the world. Uh, Samuel was known as a prophet within certain borders, uh, all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba, was recognized that Samuel was the prophet of the Lord. Um, Paul longed to preach in new places. Romans 15, 20 says, it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. So let me give you an example of how this works. Um, let's say that I own a business and across the street is a similar kind of business. In, in my business... I'm the boss, right? I can tell the employees what to do, right? Because I have that authority, that right. That's, that's my business. But I couldn't walk over into my neighbor's business and start telling their employees what to do. I don't have any authority there. So it's, it's, it's important for us to understand our territory, our metron, our sphere of influence where we have authority where God's actually placed us because again we'll be much more effective so how do we discern the rule of our metron we we do that through a couple things the first one is assignment there there are times when the Lord will send you to a specific assignment could be a demographic could be a certain person or people or group or it could be geographic a specific place region or country 
And there are times that a, a download of favor and authority are awaiting our declaration of responsibility. There's times when God is waiting for somebody to stand up and say, here am I, send me. Like, do you understand that? There's, there's times when, again, I, this, this is a shift that I think the church has to get. We're constantly waiting for God to do something. And he's going, I've placed you there to do something. I'm already here. The kingdom's already come. I'm inside of you. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting for you to wake up and recognize. I'm waiting for you to begin praying and pray the right way, right? I'm waiting for you to go. I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to stand up and say, send me. That's a scary thing sometimes. Send me. Dad talks about this a lot you know, when they were asking the Lord for a church in the area that, that really had it, just went after the, the Lord and the word and his presence. And God said, hey, that's a great idea. You guys. <laughs> so, but hey, you know, and I'm sure like it's scary and overwhelming You're thinking us, like we can't, you know. But, but you see what happens when you're favoring. You say, okay, Lord, I don't understand, but we'll, and you take that step. And he goes, he just meets you, right? And starts a journey. Journey of bliss. Right? <laughs> Partially bliss, and, but it's had trials and challenges, right? But, but you see over time what the Lord has done. So uh, just a great picture for us. So um, he's just waiting sometimes for somebody to take responsibility for what's happening and to stand up. Um, you'll also notice sometimes that God will choose the least gifted and qualified to lead. God sometimes will choose the one that's not quite the brightest marker in the box, if you know what I mean. Could be the shortest, the most uneducated, the most... Just not attractive, um, bald. But sometimes he does that, right? And so, again, uh, when we think about this, we'll, we'll even look at, so the, the fivefold. I think sometimes we think the, the fivefold, the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, are the most gifted and talented, and they're the ones leading, and they're the ones that are, but you'll actually find that, let's, let's take the prophetic, for example, most of the times when you're dealing with a prophet, they are not the most prophetic in the room. And that has a tendency for people to go, I got it, why didn't you get it? <laughs> right? Do my De Niro, Robert, no. I mean, but it happens. Like sometimes we have these attitudes, but you know what? They, they called them for a reason. And actually their, their highest um, calling is not to be the most prophetic, but to raise up other prophetic people and prophets. So we need to understand the call of God on people um, isn't necessarily what we see in the natural. It's what God is doing and saying in the spiritual. So we're not comparing ourselves one to another. We're not saying, well, my, my gift is bigger than yours. It, it doesn't matter. Just as long as we're like moving in our gift. And understand, like, we're all growing we're growing in our gift. So he, a lot of times God will not choose the, the most gifted or qualified, but he will point and anoint them to lead. So it's not just your measure of your gift. It's the measure of your faith, the measure of your metron, your sphere of influence. The second 
um, way we discern the rule of our metron is through observation. So the first one is assignment or you know, where we're called. The second one is observation. It's just the recognition of unusual grace, authority, opportunity, and favor on our life. And sometimes it'll be recognized by you, but oftentimes it'll be recognized by somebody else on you. Like sometimes you don't see things in yourself and somebody else will call it because they're watching you. And you're like, have you noticed, like, man, when you, are, when you were ministering to them, like just like things were happening and you're just, you're just like, oh, I'm just being me. I just, you know, because sometimes we're just humble, but we're not recognizing. Sometimes it's through observation by ourselves or others um, that, that's seen. So Paul was commissioned to go to the Gentiles, even though he had a burden for the Jews, Remember? It was, the, it was this group of apostles and, and leaders that recognized the call on him and then appointed him and sent him out. And so there's times that other people can see what you carry more than you do. That's why it's so important that we cultivate healthy relationships. That's why this is important because we might be in a group of people and as we get to know each other, we see each other's heart, they're gonna call things out of us that we didn't even see in ourselves. And so it's important, surround yourself with healthy relationships that can see your potential even more than you do. So where are the places that you've seen the greatest favor, influence, and authority? Where have you seen doors open, people open up to you, where when you minister, it just flows? That's what we're looking for here. And yet, we're also multitaskers, all of us. You know, you can be doing other things even though it's outside of your metron. I would say maybe you have a call to the marketplace um, and so you say, well, I'm not going to do anything in the church because my call is to the marketplace. Well, no, like we, we still are part of the family. We still do things. And number one, it's a way of giving, but it's also a place of development. So I'll, I'll give you for instance. So the, the Lord placed a call in my life as a, as a kid and, and certainly as a teenager. And even though my life uh, looked like it was heading that way and then wasn't heading that way, God actually took me and put me at Nationwide Insurance for 10 years where it was probably the best training I could have ever had. Like, he knew what I needed. And so I could have said, well, my call's to the church, you know, right? So I'm not going to do that. Or I could have said, well, I'm, I'm at Nationwide. It's Marketplace. But it was both, right? So all the while I'm working at Nationwide, he's training me a certain way. But at the same time, during those 10 years, I was serving here. I mean, Laura and I, we, we were the custodian probably during those 10 years. Um, we were doing youth ministry. We were doing all kinds of stuff, right? So he's using everything. Everything's a training. I, I don't look at one and go, oh, I can't do anything else. We, we can multitask, but we understand the favor that's on it. Real quick, I'm going to try to speed up, but the parable of the minas, everybody remember that? How many of you realize there's a difference between the parable of the talents and the parable of the minas? Big difference. We, we think of those as being similar, but the parable of talents is actually about huge sums of money. It was, it was massive amounts of money. And so basically remember the principle, if you're faithful, you'll get more. It's about increase, right? It's about stewardship, never about management. It's about increase. The increase of his government, his kingdom, is what he always talks about. But it's, it's not talking about giving or management. Sometimes we'll use it in, in that context, but it's, that's not what it's talking about. So God wants to produce abundance through you by authority, favor, and influence. But the parable of the minas is different. It's actually talking about a very small amount of money. 
minuscule in comparison. Maybe pennies compared to thousands or millions, right? So Luke 19, uh, 11 through 30, I'm just going to read two verses, or three verses. Verse 13, so he called 10 of his servants, he gave them 10 minas, put this money to work, he said, until I come back. Down to verse 16, the first one came back and said, sir, your mina has earned 10 more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of 10 cities. I think we miss this sometimes. It's interesting because he had been trustworthy with what was the master's, and it was minuscule. It was the small things. He was faithful in the small things. He stewarded well his master's resources. He didn't give him just, you know, here's 10 more minas. He said, I'm giving you charge of 10 cities. It's authority. It's rule. It's the measure, sphere of influence. And so... Um, it's, the parable is about increased authority and increased rule of metron. That God will increase your sphere of influence. And so he does it by, showing, by you showing yourself faithful in the smallest things. And sometimes if you don't see movement and open doors, go back and look. Is there someplace I haven't been faithful yet? It's sometimes like we always want a new, fresh word from the Lord. It's like he's not speaking, he's not giving me something. Sometimes it's because... We haven't done anything with the last one he gave us. We just want more and more and more. We keep this like collection of, you know, but like he expects you to actually do something with the words that he's spoken. There's a, a responsibility, a stewardship of everything that God gives us. Sometimes we need to go back and look at the last thing he told us to do or he's spoken and make sure like, have I obeyed? Have I stewarded this well? Being faithful in the small assignments, being faithful in character, being faithful in finances, submission, family, all those things. Be faithful in the small things if you want to take charge of cities. And I think that's the next thing that God wants to give us, cities and nations. I said God wants to give us cities and nations. So we want to be faithful with what he's given us. I mean, there's, there's something on that. And even as you guys were talking, the, the whole thing like fire and volcano and hot lava and hubs and like this connected and flowing in and out, that, that's what this is. So he wants to give us cities and nations. So your metron, your measure to be transformational in specific demographic and geographic regions. And so there's an authority upon your gift that when you step into that arena, where there's a convergence of your passion, your gift, your grace, and timing. We probably should have had that underlined. There's a convergence where your passion, your gift, your grace, and timing work together. That when, when we figure that out, and, and let me say this, timing is an important key as well. So I've been in a lot of meetings and Sometimes I feel this pressure, you know, from, from people like, oh, you need to do this. And, like, and it's like, I, I'm not going to be moved because I know what you're saying, what you're trying to teach me, but I also know timing. Like, and I know like, what you're teaching me is valuable and useful. It, and I know it is for down the road because I know, you know for every one of us, like God calls us to bigger and bigger, right? So I know that this is useful, but I know the timing, and the timing is not now. And so I can rest in that tension. 
We have to learn to rest in that tension. It's like, it's like again, we use this example a lot, but like you could be a, a mom stuck at home with the kids, right? Because that's what it feels like sometimes. I feel like I'm just stuck at home with the kids, and it feels like day in, day out. It feels like it's a long time. Not realizing, like, no, this is your primary right now, but it's a season. It doesn't feel like it will end. I'm still wondering that. When you have kids in sets, like with lots of space in between, it, it feels like it'll never end. No, no offense, Andrew. No, but, but you know what I mean? Like, but, there's, but there's timing, and there's seasons in your life. And so, again, we, just, we rest in that, in where he has you, and the tension of where you're going as well. There's, there's a tension and wrestle that we learn. All right, we're almost done. The rule, um, your, your rule of metron, your sphere of influence, can be expanded can be expanded. Uh, Paul talked about in that passage in 2 Corinthians 10 about expansion. As your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will, will greatly expand. So if you're faithful in the place that God's planted you, no matter how small, you can have the same hope as Paul that there will be an increase in your sphere, your metron of influence. And again, most believers are focused on increasing in your faith and in your gift but we need to learn how to increase in our measure of rule, our measure of authority, our measure of influence. And so I want you to take um, a few minutes here and just do this activation. Don't, don't spend tons of time on it. Don't belabor it. Some of you, this may be easy, uh, but it's the page that says activation. I think it's page three, I believe. And just some questions here to process with Holy Spirit. Again, part of what we're doing is we're learning to partner with Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit is a great encourager, comforter, counselor, teacher, knows you inside and out, knows your purpose and design. And so you're just asking to see if you can figure out this convergence of people, place, grace, and gifting, um, authority, favor, timing, all that. Just what's the convergence here of, of where you're at? Uh, so in terms of, it's almost like observation, but where or with whom does my gift have the greatest favor? Where with whom does my gift have the greatest authority, the greatest influence, and where have I had the most opportunity? Um, if you don't know today, you might later ask your spouse um, or a friend, close friends or mentors or leaders, um, and just take an, again a look at like demographically, geographically. So just take a few minutes, kind of go through those, looking at demograph or geograph. Maybe you find yourself, like, there just seems to be favor. Let's say you live in Delaware, and, like, there's just something on that. Like, you, just God's using you, opening doors. Maybe it's a people group. Or maybe go down to the, the mountains down there. And let's keep it narrowed down. We really want to narrow it down to a primary. So I know for me, personally, the Lord has given me favor in four of those mountains. Right? So four. So it can be confusing for me a little bit. But I know where my primary one is now, and maybe it always is, but I'm also seeing him open up and expand into some others, and we're just navigating that with him. So, but you want to try to narrow it down. So just take a, a few minutes and try to, to go through that.